I know you're a big fan of Gotham. Oh my gosh, it's such a good show right now, and the yeah. new season's coming yeah. back pretty soon. I mean, I I kind of jumped off board. I I'll probably go back and watch it because I'm I, telling you, I'm it huge, got really good. I'm a huge Batman fan, but it's like Batman without Batman. But I will say that it's uh, like Garfield without what's his Garfield. Name? Robin Lord Taylor is that his name? Yeah, the Penguin is that his name? Mm-hmm. He that guy's awesome. He's amazing. Yeah, he was really good on The Walking Dead. So anyway, Ray. You're gonna be totally jealous of me because the other night I was um, I was out eating some oysters. Oysters? Have, I'm not jealous of you already. I'm not, I was I don't having like oysters with your boy from Gotham, Robin Lord Taylor. No, Ben McKenzie. Oh, Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon himself. That's right? You jealous? I like Ben McKenzie a lot. Yeah, you I jealous mean, that I was hanging out with him at the Oyster House eating oysters with Ben McKenzie. But you're not eating. Wait a minute. Hold on a sec. So you're ben telling McKenzie me McKenzie from the OC? Like, yeah, from the OC. Yeah. So you're telling me right now that uh, Commissioner Gordon just called you on the phone and said, hey, Brent, let's go eat some oysters at Oyster House. Commissioner Gordon put out the oyster signal, <laughs> and then we knew, all right, we're, you meeting, saw it up in the we're sky. meeting Ben at the Oyster House. But that's just for you. Hmm? That's just for you. It was called PB Oyster, something, P- Blue Plate Oysters. That's what it Blue was. Blue Plate Oysters. Yeah. I still would, I mean, I'm not a seafood fan, so I'm not jealous of it. Oh, it was good, man. Wait, if you so like raw me, oysters, it's great. So you are actually like sitting at the same table as Ben McKenzie. We were... <laughs> We're with, if I turned to the right and I moved my elbow out, I would have elbowed Ben McKenzie. So, yeah, we're hanging out together, dude. I mean, it's all... Wait a minute. So you were sharing a similar space in a restaurant. That's, well, you know he what, He never Ray, actually called when you, you. When you reach a certain level, like, what is together? You know what I mean? Oh I mean, we're in the same space. We're all enjoying oysters. Hey, we're all one people. You know. We're all one people under uh, one roof. Sitting close enough where I can hear them every once in a while talking about Cardale Jones. Well, Cardale Jones. No, what does he have an opinion on Cardale Jones? Are we breaking news here? Oh, I think one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really, <laughs> really listening. It wasn't like eavesdropping, but you know, I assume the conversation was he should take the money or he should take go the back money. Cool school. I think most people. I don't know. What do you think? He should take the money. Cardale his, Jones. Yeah, his stock will never be higher than it is right now. Literally, in order to, he will probably be. They're projecting him at a fourth round pick right now, pre combine. Very real chances. He's a grown man. He's twenty two years old. He's got all the tools physically. All he's going to do now is lower his draft stock. All, it, it, there is no bad tape on Cardale Jones right now. Somebody's going to overdraft him in the second, third round, maybe even sliding based on how he does in the combine. He could be a top-level pick. All he has a chance to do is expose himself by coming back to Ohio State, where he's not even guaranteed to be the starting quarterback next year. I could not disagree with you more, Ray. <laughs> what a shock. Well, no, it's – look, he's played three games. Granted, those were big games, okay? but Pretty, pretty huge. But in those three games, he did play well, but they had a guy that ran for almost 250 yards every game. Yeah. Okay? He's been playing for three games. I think that they're almost guaranteed, let's say, unless there's some weird injuries on their team, they're almost guaranteed to go at least, I'm going to say, 11-2. and They don't lose more than two games, let's say, before the playoffs. Right. I don't think they lose two games before then. So... If he comes in and can do another whole season where they go eleven and two, or even let's say they make it back to the playoffs again, he if he's in a fourth round pick right now, you're talking about somebody. That I think it's, I don't think they even make like two hundred thousand in the fourth round. 
their contract. It's, it's not a ton of money, but at the same time, if he plays himself up to a starting quarterback, Russell Wilson hasn't been making I a ton guess, of money. But do you, I, I, I just think that he hasn't, and I think he's correct. I think he assessed himself was smart enough to say, look, I'm not ready. I need one more year of seasoning. I don't want to be like Matt Barkley, who probably should have came back for his senior season and then just completely was not ready for the NFL. He was not ready, but Matt Barkley would have been the first overall pick had he come out that year. He doesn't come out. He Next year, fourth-round pick. He's the opposite. Fourth-round pick. He's the opposite. It can right. happen, though. He can get injured. I mean, right. uh, so bad he's, things can happen. So he's the, he's the bad thing that can happen if you stay, but if you go, then you could turn into uh, – who's the other guy? From, well, Andrew Luck. I mean, he no, would have been – No, what about the other guy from USC, though? Uh, who's the guy right Matt, before him? Matt Leinert? Yeah, Leinert. Liner stayed for a senior season, correct? Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, but the guy that left early was Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. And Mark Sanchez, I would say, probably could have used one more year of college because he wasn't ready, and then they made him play right away. Yeah, but that was also when the sanctions were starting to hit and all that other stuff. That was That's it, true. It, but it my point is my point is he's he's gonna make two hundred thousand maybe on his contract, something like that, if he if he gets drafted in the fourth round. If he waits one year and he and he turns that into like a top half of the first round pick. Then it's more like he's making like fifteen million. I don't know. You're right. If if he does that, but I and guess there's there's so little chance that they're going to tank. They're going to have a great running game again, so he's not going to have a lot of pressure. He's going to get bigger and stronger. He's probably going to get a little more accurate because he's going to have a whole season to run. And let's be honest, he's going to be the starter. He's got the J T. Barrett is a good player, but he doesn't have the body of the other guy. He's smaller, like Braxton Miller. And Braxton Miller coming back too. Braxton Miller's not even projected to be a quarterback in the NFL, so he's no. so he's not going to be. But the he's starter. probably going to transfer out anyway. Yeah, or probably. Or but he's not going to be the starter. I mean, Cardale. Look, it's like he's like a species. You know, he's a species. He's, he's a like species. a specimen. He's a he's a he's like that movie. He's a specimen, <laughs> with dude. The I mean, alien chick. How often do you have a guy that runs like a what a four five four six that is? 250 pounds. I mean, that's just they, those guys come around. I think we've seen a couple of them. It's like Dante Culpepper and who was the other Jamarcus one? Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. And those guys, big body. Whatever you say of run. how they did in the NFL, they, Dante they, was great. They played enough games to to get them moves themselves up the draft board. Yeah. And he's gonna. And the thing is, too, if he gets drafted into that fourth round thing, he's stuck in that contract for three years. If he gets picked up, and I think he gets overdrafted in the second or third round if he comes out right now. I mean, yeah. I think there's a team that does that. But if he gets picked up by a team like the Arizona Cardinals or somebody that put up a good record but needs a quarterback, he could find himself in a really good situation really, really fast. And all of a sudden, he's a superstar. And, like, Russell Wilson's going to make a ton of money after what he makes, like, $300,000 a year or something right now. Yeah. Despite the fact he's going to his second Super Bowl. Cardale Jones could be one of those players who, yeah, it starts a little bit lean. But if he finds himself dropped into the right situation, holy crap, he's going to make a buttload of money. But he's going to make that regardless. And he's going to not start off in the hole having to wait three years. Let's start in the hole. He's starting in the hole because instead of getting let's let's say he gets the upside, which is first round pick, he's going to be getting paid several million a year instead of two hundred instead of having to wait and getting paid a total of six hundred thousand in his whole I mean, his three year contract. That's not a, a not a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I but I'm sorry, I t- it's a calculated risk. But I think it, he's got to stay for one more year, and then next year he comes out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, and guess what else, Ray? What do we do? When I when I was hanging out with Ben McKenzie, you were not hanging out with Ben uh, yeah. McKenzie when we were best friends. I was like, and he, when they showed up, like we sh- we sh- they showed up a little bit after us. You know, they were running late. Little <laughs> Ben and his buddies, you know, or not involving you at all, running but, a little yeah. late. And I was like, Hey Ben, 
Welcome to the Oyster House, bitch. No. Yeah. No, that's I, not. I totally OC'd him. That is him. not what happened. I did the Chris Carmack from the OC, and he was like, ha, 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 ha. Good one, BP. That's, BP. Yeah. He <laughs> refers to you as yeah, British he, Petroleum. He calls me by my nickname, BP. That's yeah. not your nickname. Nobody calls you BP. No one except Ben McKenzie. Oh, my gracious. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. It's episode 77 of your 152nd best podcast. <laughs> Raisin and Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And my goodness, it's, you know, my boycott of the NFL continues, Brent. Uh, that being said, I am still highly aware of what happened in those games, and we got to talk about them. The NFC and AFC Championship games, we have a Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So the Super Bowl is next week. The teams are announced. It is, of course, Seattle versus the New England Patriots. Yep. And uh, we're not going to do the full-on report of our picks, me, you, and Benny Arthur. Benny Arthur will be on the show next week if yeah. we can work out that schedule. And we're going to talk about breaking down all the picks, all the good ones, all the bad ones. Although I will just lay it out here. I had Seattle versus Denver picked. I had Seattle versus Indianapolis. Indy. Yep. Yeah. And Benny had New Orleans Saints versus the Denver Broncos. So mm. clearly Benny is disqualified already. We are the winners. We are the winners. Well, then it really comes down to who wins the Super Bowl because I picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl and you picked the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions yeah. to win the Super Bowl. So Even though I did not pick them to be in the playoffs, <laughs> you did I picked not. them to win the Super Bowl. I'm the only one that got that one correct. I really wish I had picked Seattle like I wanted to because I, I was just trolling you trying to jinx Detroit, you which I did. Which I did. You did well. Detroit had a great season. Yeah, but they also did not make the Super they Bowl. did not make the Super yeah, Bowl. Hey, at least they made the playoffs. <laughs> that's how I laid it out. Yeah, of course. But we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about all that next week with Benny when we get all three of us back here to uh, just talk about our picks and where they went colossally wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't think actually we, we all went, did pretty good job. We did actually. pretty good, except yeah. for you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> can't all be gems. <laughs> um, in any case, we're going to come back. We're talk a little bit of football. We're going to talk a little bit of NCAA. We got to talk a little bit of the media and NFL coaching slots. Lots to yeah. get to. So let's get to it. After three seconds of air supply. And I know the night is fading. And I know the time's gonna fly. And in setting up for the Super Bowl, we now have two playoff games that I didn't watch, but I bet that you did, but I'm aware of what happened. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I was actually, you know, we were talking about Deflate Gate. Deflate Gate, yeah, that's one of the things I, I want to talk just about. I saw a report that just came out. Yes. Which said that uh and an interception by Indianapolis led to the probe because somebody caught it and then they gave the ball. They intercepted uh, Brady and then gave the ball to one of the equipment staff, you know, like they do to keep the ball because they got a, a play and noticed it wasn't fully inflated. Oops. Oops. But wouldn't they, what, their own balls were fully inflated, but the balls that New England was using were not fully inflated. Correct. Well, bring it up right now. I mean, the AFC Championship game happened. Uh, they did bring it up. You remember? Oh, you didn't watch the game. So what happens at the end of the the beginning of the second half? There's this really awkward. They're about to start, and then they're like, all of a sudden, oh, then the refs stop before they start. Then they bring out a different ball, and they said something about, oh, they had the kicking ball out there still. What turns out, what happened was they brought out they they wanted to make sure the ball they brought out was inflated enough because the other ball they had was not. We well, got to work that psi. Hmm. That pounds per square inch that a football hmm. needs to be inflated to to get rule book standard. I mean, I, you know, so clearly so we I are think- talking about the deflate gate. I guess we to set it up. They're saying that New England 
quote unquote cheated by letting more air out of the ball than is supposed to be allowed, which in theory helps you pass the ball better because it's it's not as heavy and you know you don't well, fumble as much because you can squish it a little bit yeah, more. The main thing is it's it's easier to hold on to. It's squishier, uh, especially when it's really cold out. That ball can get real slick. But also running the ball, it's easier to not fumble if you got that ball. You know collapsing in when you're holding it that's it and so the colts are accusing them of this uh, if the patriots are found guilty they will lose a draft pick or something because you know they're still going to the super bowl ladies and gentlemen a deflated ball the game it was 45 to 7 i it know, was a rear kicking of what, epic proportions what i don't understand about this whole belichick thing the Bel- belichick thing is he is a great coach they do have a great team undeniable. over the years undeniable so why take the risk with with just because you're not risking like you're not risking them taking the game away from you. No, because you, you just are win the game is, and then pay for it later. What you are risking is people saying later on, like, well, you know, after they got caught in the, what was it called, video gate? Spygate. Spygate. When they got Spygate taping the other team's Taping uh, their practices. Practices. When that happens and then you lose every Super Bowl you're in after that, it makes it seem like you weren't that good. That It was but because you were cheating. They made t- they were in two Super Bowls afterwards, and it took magical Eli Manning out of nowhere performances well, to win both of them. But they but but they were within they were close enough to let Eli Manning beat them. That's rough. That's a rough. That's place to rough. Be. It just makes it easy for people to disregard what you've done. But who cares? Your 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 numbers are still there. Your championship rings don't get taken away. It's I not guess. like the Reggie Bush Heisman where they're going to take it from you. Like what are they going to pay? A draft pick. A six-round draft pick? Right. You tell me right now, if, if your Kansas City Chiefs had to lose a six-round draft pick to go to the Super Bowl, would you do that? Absolutely. Yes. But you would also don't want people later on to say, well, but they, they cheated in those other Super Bowls. They must have because you just, it, just, it just puts your whole legacy in doubt. You know, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and say this right now. They probably did cheat in those Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. They probably Bill Belichick will war- find out where the line is of but if you're the that rules, good, and he's going to cross it as much as he can and try has, not to get caught. He's a really smart coach. Why do you need to go beyond what you're supposed to do to win then? But you know they you say are. Uh, everybody cheats, but the losers get caught. That's, the, that's how I see it. Bill Belichick, when he gets caught, no big deal. Just keep on going. He'll find new ways to losers game the system. Losers get caught, but you, 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 caught, you got caught when you're winning. He's a winner. But you said losers get caught. Yeah, but losers get caught as in like they're not able to cheat the way. Bill Belichick probably has seven cheats going on in that game. They just happen to find one of them. But if you're good, why do you need to cheat? Because it's football and it's the most highly competitive sport in the entire world where the system is gamed to prevent you from creating dynasties. But, Ray, we know in the NFL, superstars get superstar treatment. It's true. They have they have Bill Belichick, superstar coach. They have Tom Brady, superstar quarterback. He is. They're going to get the superstar treatment anyway. Yes, they are. So, because you, know, you want to stay on top. Why put your legacy at risk by doing things that probably are not going to even win you the game? What legacy? The legacy is that he's a gamer. He's going to try to fight his. Legacy is that he's. They call off. him Bella Cheat. Yes, and you know how much that bothers him. A lot. Not at all. Probably a lot. Nothing. He has going to sit with his three potentially soon to be four Super Bowl rings, yeah. six appearances, most in the modern era by one group of people. That's what he would say in public. But if if he you know if he was in private, he would probably say it does bother me that people think we cheated. I wish we hadn't done that because we probably would have still won the game anyway. Yes, well, if we even found out that it even was anything, it could have just been cold weather, less air in the ball. I, but the other balls didn't have that problem. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I already I know Bill Belichick's a cheater. That doesn't mean I think any less of him because it's. I do. There's a difference between cheating. It's like stealing signs in baseball. It's like there's always gamesmanship stealing happening. Stealing signs all in the baseball time. is just you're taking advantage of the rules. This is like you're actually cheating. You're taking advantage of the rules. No, if someone throws out the signs and I figure out what your signs are, I'm stealing them. That's fine. That's because I'm smarter than you, not because it's still within the rules. 
Well, why not at baseball then? Every single time you go up to bat, just turn and face the catcher and look at the signs and then turn back again because somebody's going to drill you in the ear yeah. because you're cheating. Right. No, it's not cheating. It's, it's, it's frowned upon. So if you look, then you're going to get the repercussion of getting... Now, if Bill Belichick, every time he cheated, the other team was allowed to kick him in the balls... That would be different. Then he wouldn't do he it. He wouldn't do it. Thank he would you. absolutely not do it then. The punishment doesn't fit the crime, That's why I guess. baseball is better than football, Ray, because they, they have their own sets of checks and bounces. They sure do. And That's you right. Can Police people. themselves. Police yourselves, baseball. But I think it's a total non-issue. I mean, did he deflate the balls intentionally to try to win the game? Probably. Did he need to? Is that what it caused him to win the game? That's what I'm saying. Probably not. So if it didn't, if it didn't cause you the game, you won 45-7. to Well, obviously he was terrified going into that game that the Colts yeah, were going to put something together. I don't know why. You picked the Colts to make the Super Bowl. Well, I did at the beginning of the year. I didn't pick them last week, though. Fair enough. Neither did I. Yeah. So so that that's deflate gate pretty much broken down for you. I mean, to me, it's a non-issue. Like, I think every team does something. Like, you got Bounty Gate with the Saints. You've got Spy Gate. I think my favorite thing to come out of all of this, though, is they're trying to, they were trying to call it, like, Ball Gate mm-hmm. but, or Deflate Gate. That's what they're trying to call it. But to me, I like the better name, Ball Gazi. Hmm. I like Deflator Mouse. Ooh, Deflator Mouse. What a wonderful German opera. That's right. It's culture for the people out there. Yep. But that's only one of the two games that happened, Brent. Because besides the Deflate Gate, thank God Deflate Gate happened because otherwise it'd be the most unremarkable championship game you know what they ever. Should do? You know what they should do, Ray? To make sure no one's deflating the ball too much, right? Because it's incumbent on someone to like grab the ball and say, oh, wait, this feels weird, right? Should they get Mr. Whipple from the Charmin ads? You put a chip inside of the football. It shouldn't be this hard to do. Put a chip inside the football. Like a GPS tracker. Yeah. If it is not inflated enough, when you throw the ball or when you snap the ball, anytime the ball moves, it plays the opera deflator mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then it's like anytime you hear deflator mouse, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, here come the flags. They cheated. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Unsportsmanlike conduct, deflator mouse, defense. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. But that's not the only game, Brent. There's another game, Green Bay versus Seattle. Boy, it sure looked like Green Bay was going right Woo! back to the Super Bowl again quite a while, like quite a ways. I looked uh, up at the game. I checked the score. I'd forgotten it was going on. It was 19-7 to Green Bay, and I said, uh-oh, I think this is it. My hated Packers team, the team I dislike pretty much most in football. I might even say I hate them more than the Browns, mm-hmm. which is saying something because they're from Ohio. Green Bay's going back to the Super Bowl, and everybody's going to be just all over Aaron Rodgers' jock, and they're just going to be, oh, and just the treatment is just going to be disgusting, and the smoke being blown up his rectum is just going to hurt my face. But no, Green Bay choked, Brent. Down the stretch, Green Bay choked, and Seattle pulled it, pulled it out. The thing that bugged me about this game was that after the game, Seattle just kept saying, there was the who was the one guy that was was it Jermaine Curse? Yes. I was like, y'all doubted us. We do blah 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 blah. Y'all doubted us when this. Well, yeah, we doubted you because you were behind sixteen nothing. And really, if you can break Blake break a play down into one game, which sometimes there is a deciding play in the game. Yes. If the Packers tight end on the onside kickoff attempt by Seattle with less than two minutes left, if that if he just does his job and blocks. The ball falls right into Jordy Nelson's hands. Jordy Nelson's standing right and behind him. the game him. is over. The guy on the it field who's supposed to catch it. It was nothing that Seattle did to win that game. It was a mistake. I don't know about that. An egregious mistake. 
It's a bad mistake. It was a bad mistake. If Green Bay recovers by the that Green Bay player, kick, there was two and minutes to go. And I feel bad for the guy, but he now he falls into the category of Leon Lett in oh, bonehead boy. plays. But are people saying that the next day though? I think they're talking. I don't more even want to say Marshawn his name Lynch. because I don't want to you know do like a Bartman thing. But I'll say this guy: if he had just done his job and trust in the system, then Green Bay would be in the Super Bowl. You mean Bowl. the system that was setting Green Bay up to go to the Super Bowl? Correct. I mean that system. He should have maybe trusted the game plan. And I'm saying. Trust the plan of that particular play, which is on an onside kick, you're going to block, and the hands guy, which is why they have hands guys, they put the hands team on the field. So in other words, your name is blocker, his name is guy who gets the ball. Yes. You're telling me the guy who's the blocker should block? And what happened, Ray? We watched that play earlier. We watched the play. He goes to jump up to get the ball, hits him square in the hands, uh-huh. blops. And it the goes guy he right, was supposed to block. The guy he was supposed to block jumps up and grabs the ball yes. out of midair. So if he blocks that guy, it just gets in the way. There's no way that guy gets to Jordy Nelson. No. And Jordy Nelson, even if he drops it, can still just fall on the ball. And is Jordy Nelson going to drop that ball? No. No, because it was deflated. No. Oh, wait. <laughs> Well, that's a different game. That was a different game. My bad. But the point is, look, Seattle, you won the game, but you got lucky. They did get lucky. They, Green Bay also got a touchdown taken away earlier in the game. I mean, don't talk about how oh you didn't believe in us and we did it at the end. You had a you would I would if you had a good second half. You got lucky that Green Bay didn't capitalize in the first half, but Chokers. you got really really lucky that the tight end just didn't follow his instructions well, you know what i would say to jermaine curse i would say uh he says hey, you all didn't believe him you know you know who else didn't believe you were going to win everybody watching that game till there was about five minutes to go and you went on your amazing spectacular yeah. how run. about the screenshots of all the seattle fans that had left the stadium and they were all watching, left we're watching it on tv screens because they saw they had recovered the onside kick how are you going to leave before the onside kick even like you seriously, like you're driving down the field towards the end of the game. You know the onside. Like who let, sees that touchdown and goes, "Up, oh, time to go." Who leaves at that point? Who leaves the game? Seattle fans. I mean, are these the new Atlanta fans? They're just so fair weather, and they're so just. They're not used to success. Or yeah, and they're like new money, right? New, yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it's so hilarious. Do you remember any Seattle fans ever on your Facebook feed two years ago? Nope. Do you remember a single one? Why all of a no. sudden? I know. I now know a half dozen Seattle fans, yeah. and I had no idea they even watched football before two years ago. Well, let's be honest, Ray. Come on it's now, everybody. the same thing that happened a couple years ago with New Orleans. Did you know any Saints fans then? People oh, would be man. like, well, I'm from New Orleans, but I'm not really a fan. And then as soon as they won, who that? Who that? You know, those people are remarkably quiet all of a sudden as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, though, I, you know. Because yeah, the answer is not you. Not who me. dat? Not you. Who's somebody else? You know who, who they say going to beat them Saints? A lot of people. A lot year. of people. A lot of people, unfortunately. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble And at you home. know what? In two years when Drew Brees is, is, retired. is retired, we will see another incarnation of the Aints with the bags on the heads. It will happen. Yes. It pretty much started happening this year. I mean, Drew Brees at 35 is not Drew Brees at 32. Usually I say act like you've been there before, but with these guys, act like you haven't been there before because you haven't. Have some humility. Well, I don't know. And it's just some of these people who were not born in Seattle. They're not from Washington. Like, they've just sort of adopted the Seahawks, it seems, which is what happens with bandwagon teams. Let's face it. The Packers fans out there, most of them are not from Wisconsin. I have dap for people who are from Wisconsin and are Packers fans. You're the real one. But I totally get the the bandwagon, the football fans that jumped on that bandwagon because they have the young quarterback who's not six feet four. Yep. Six foot four. They have the defense that just is like monster. You know, you got, they got the sassy mode. attitude. You got the guy with the Skittles. 
You know, beast mode. Marshawn Lynch with the Skittles Marshawn on the Lynch. sidelines. He keeps us on the sidelines. I love that. Yep. He will not be surly. He will be surly with the media. Anyway, the point is, Green Bay, regardless of whether you like Green Bay or not, they deserve better, and it's too bad that a Leon but Letts. They deserve better. It's not, but they deserve better. It's not like the game was taken away from them. They choked. Oh, absolutely. Then they allowed uh, Seattle to march all the just march down the field with two absolutely. minutes to go. Absolutely. And then march right down the field in sure. overtime. Sure. Like, where's the def- I said their defense was fraudulent all year. You just don't Proven want right You just there. don't want to see a game decided on a play like that guy dropping the ball or Leon Lett, you know, diving in, into the, you know, like he did several diving times. Diving into the snow. Yeah. You you don't necessarily want to see that happen, but I would much rather see that happen than what happened in the Dallas Green Bay game or the Dallas Detroit game, where the referees' decisions decided Absolutely. the game. At least it was a guy on the field and not a sure. guy wearing the Footlocker outfit yeah. in order to decide the That's game. That's the good thing is we're not talking about the referees. How about that? Like, I mean, I heard some Green Bay fans say the referees killed us in that game. Although I'm they like, still boo they, bleeping who they still did take a you know a touchdown away from Green Bay. Was that the reason they lost? Maybe. Probably not, though. Maybe. Probably not. I mean, to be fair, they should have absolutely known that fake field goal was coming. It was the most, like, that was the most obvious thing happening in the world. If if that play doesn't happen, then it's 23-7 to and not 19-7. to That means they need two touchdowns and two two two-point goers just to tie. And then Green Bay comes down at the end and makes the field goal like they did. And they win. Green Bay. Super Bowl. Theoretically. In theory. We never know what would happen. But. You know what I call that? A discount double choke. Ooh. Yikes. Ooh. I'll tell you what, man. I if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what I do with myself because that's it's not his fault. He played, although you know nobody had a great statistical game except for Marshawn Lynch. Really. You know who had a great statistical game? The defensive backs of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, <laughs> because Russell Wilson four interceptions. His last touchdown was the last. His only touchdown was the last play of the game. Yeah. Yikes! One fumble. He was minus five personally on turnovers. Yep. That's. Disgusting, like that. Just plain but should not happen. He did not quit. He did not quit. Yeah, keep fighting, man. He you got lucky, know. like Andrew Luck did in the playoffs last year. I mean, yeah. played a terrible game, and then they got back in the game. Yeah, but hey, he got lucky, like uh, Joe Flacco did against you know the what? Broncos. That guy could have fumbled the ball on the onside kick, and somebody else could have still recovered it, other than the Seattle guy. Yeah. God, what a what a gaff! <laughs> what a gaff! What a terrible gaff! What a boner! What a boner! What a gaff! What we just going for? <laughs> 1920s. What a mis- for mistakes. What a misappropriation of your talents. I don't even know what's happening anymore. What a that's that's what you call intestinal fartitude, not fortitude. Oh my goodness. It's just it's not good. If that was my team, Ray, I would I would much rather have the game taken away by the referee. No, you wouldn't. No, than by my own player. Just fumbling because then I'm, then I'm mad at my own player. At least in the other game, I'm mad at not my team. I'm mad at the referee. I would much rather I would much rather my team fail than feel like my team succeeded and had it taken away. You from understand them outside this? Their this play Please. has created another form of Bartman. This is another guy that's going to be known like Leon Lett and Bartman. I don't think the media is going to run with it like they did with Bartman and with Leon Lett. You and think? All that. Okay, so do you think this guy's on the roster next year? No. Thank you. No, he's de- there he's go. on the roster purely to play special teams. Do you think this guy can go into a restaurant in Seattle now and not have some dude talk a bunch of trash to him? Uh, absolutely. No. In, in Seattle. No. In Seattle, somebody's going to no be way. buying him a beer. No way. That means like Bartman in Miami. He'll never have to buy a drink again. Uh, in just, Green Bay, said, he's probably not that the, guy. You said it's a bunch of bandwagon fans, so the bandwagon fans would not do that. That's a good point. Yeah. But in bars, that's where the real fans are, Brent. The drunk shouting, throwing glasses. <laughs> Those are the real fans, Brent. Are they? Yes. (laughs) You say so. 
Well, in any case, uh, there's our NFL wrap-up. So now we, we have a Super Bowl of New England versus Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now, I picked Seattle at the beginning of the season. You picked the Detroit Lions. Well, I picked to win Seattle the Super Bowl. and... Who did I pick? Seattle and Indy in Indianapolis. The Super Bowl. Not a bad pick. I mean, to be fair, we both were pretty and close. And then to troll you, I picked a team that was not in the Super Bowl just to jinx you, but I don't have, you know. But if I was to ask you right now, though, who wins the game? New England or Seattle based on everything you've seen? I mean, picks aside, let's pretend. Like, I hate it when these ESPN guys do this. Well, I picked this team at the start, but I would probably pick the other team. Now. Well, then pick the other team now. Nobody cares about your prediction at the yeah, start of the season right. as we do a prediction show next week. But. Nobody really, like, it's not your honor. Like, if you, honest to gosh, look at it now and based on the way both teams are playing, and you think the Patriots are playing better than the Seattle Seahawks, you don't lose honor. You don't lose street cred for suddenly changing your pick then. Because two different situations. One's now and one's then. I think then. Seattle's going to win. I don't know now. I'm yeah. I'm really torn. I mean, uh, we'll do our official picks for the game next week, but it's just as a precursor. I picked the Seattle Seahawks. I, I guess I should go with them. I think but you're playing in good weather on a fast track. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to be playing in poor weather. I mean, poor weather is where New England is just amazing. You're going to be playing in front of uh, terrible fans, though, because it's in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. Bunch of jerks out there. But Seattle versus Patriots. And the two ga- the two teams that cheated the most, the Pete Carroll mm-hmm. versus Bill Belichick. Yeah. The two cheater refs, man. The one Pete Carroll said, yeah, just hold every play. They won't call it. Yeah. And he was right. And Bill Belichick said, just deflate the ball. Just videotape practice. And he's got nine other cons we don't even know about, I'm sure. A lot of people are down to the Super Bowl because, despite the fact that both won seeds, it's probably the two best teams in football. They're a bunch of cheaters, man. But is that why they're the best in football? It sets the wrong precedent, if you know, because then you feel like, oh, my team needs to cheat, and I don't feel like anyone should feel like their team needs to cheat to do it. You know, I think they already feel that way. I really do. Like we have to find every angle. We have to find out. Like there, every single time there's a fumble, what happens for players on both teams? Oh, it's our ball! It's our, it's our ball! It's our ball! They can't even see what's happening, but they immediately no, yeah. just raise up and throw their... And yeah. that is a form of cheating. They're That's trying no, to influence the refs. It's not a form of cheating. They're just like trying to... They think their team has the ball and they're trying... But they, People that don't even see it. They, my favorite is the, half, the half-hearted us. <laughs> the guy who isn't even looking is just like, oh, by the way, yeah, I think we got it. I don't know. I'm not looking. I think there should be... A, this is what I would do if I was in the NFL. I'd be the guy that would come out of the pile and I'd start shaking my head No. Yeah! yeah! Yes! <laughs> I feel you. Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, so I, I have a really hard time picking against the Patriots the way they are playing right now. Okay. They look incredible. Do you want to do a bet on the Super Bowl? I'll take Seattle. I don't know. Well, you know what? We'll talk about that next week with Benny. We'll get Benny on, in on something. Scared. Might be scared. scared. In any case, <laughs> we got a little thing we're going to talk about the media. Because I okay. think this is an interesting topic. You brought up to me before we started, and I think it's worth it bears talking about. So we're going to do it. Okay. After three seconds up, Phil Collins. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. Marshawn Lynch and the media. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? I, What's the deal with these people? I guess he's just drawn a line and said, yeah, hey, I'm not going to do these things, even I, if you find me. Have I they mean, seriously made him look bad, though? The only thing that makes Marshawn Lynch look bad from the media is, is, what is what he's doing. Yeah. 
Like I haven't seen any super negative stories or like, and I don't, I don't live in Seattle. It's possible that locally there, like they're hard on him, I guess, but they can't be any harder on him than they are on Matt Stafford in Detroit. So they're hard on him now when they won else. the Super Bowl and they're going to Super Bowl again. Yeah. I mean, imagine if they hadn't gone to Super Bowls, how much he'd be complaining. It seems like he's just kind of allowed to do whatever he wants. And people and say, how oh, long he's he's been in the league for a while. He was in Buffalo for three years. Yeah, I mean, people say, oh, he's an introvert. So what? You have a job to do, and part of your job is a professional football player. And I'm going to sound like like everyone's mom and dad right now at Thanksgiving dinner. But your job is a highly paid professional athlete. Part of that job is to talk to the media. You sign a contract, in his case, for millions of dollars, and one of the stipulations is you have to be, you know, you have to do an interview after the game. But it's it's just and taking away the money because the whole money in football and sports. Yes, there's a lot of money in sports, and I don't think that should even matter. That's your job. Part of my job is to file reports. You know, uh, uh, at, at the place where I'm working, like I have to call in with people. Like there's stuff I have to. Oh, uh, sorry, I get I get nervous about writing, so I'm not going to do these reports. I'm just not going to file these uh, these sales reports. Yeah, like that's part of the deal. It's just you know. Oh, if I'm not if I'm not just doing the sales floor stuff, I shouldn't have to do the other sides. I shouldn't have to punch in and out every day. But that's part of your job as well. It's not the most exciting part of your job. Yeah. It's not the part of your job that's going to get you the results. If you're going to take the glory and the money. You also have to sit there and just you don't even have to say that much. I mean, it's you know, even- it takes just as much effort for him to say, you know, the line did a great job today. Oh, it was a great team team win. That's all you have to say. I appreciate you asking me that question. Thank you. I appreciate you asking Inst- me that question. Instead of just saying, yeah, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it takes just as much effort to do that. Probably more because he's got to come up with the routine ahead of time. Yeah. He actually has to spend time thinking about it. If he just shows up and just says, well, here's what I'm feeling about this. Two minutes of your life is gone. The media gets their sound bites. You don't even, you can be Bill Belichick and not even say anything. Yeah. Ever. And people will still you know, give you more credit and not villainize you for it than what he's doing. It just seems to me like it's dumb. Ricky Williams. You remember Ricky Williams? Of course I remember Ricky Williams. The man who decided he would rather smoke weed in a tent in Australia Mm -hmm. than be a professional millionaire-making football player. But when he was playing... And he had major he had major social anxiety. Major. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where he left football. Yeah. He still did his due diligence that he was supposed to have. He still did his job. Yeah. And that is part of your job. And you know what? You might not enjoy that part of the job. Fine. You don't have to enjoy that part of the job. You know what, uh, you know what would, would make him talk to the uh, what I feel like, okay? Instead of a $10,000 fine for not doing your job, you just don't get paid. How about that? You don't get paid for your... That's part of your job. You didn't do it. You don't get paid. Maybe suspend him for a game. See, see if he cares then. They would never do that because that's affecting the product on the field. But I think it's almost time to. Yeah. It's time to start suspending players who don't take their media obligation seriously. And then he keeps doing this thing where... He scores a touchdown and grabs his crotch. Now, now, what's this about? And how is he not getting, you know, fined or? Oh, my junk. Oh, my junk. I scored a touchdown. Got to grab my junk. I mean, it's almost like he's doing, he's just being so defiant because he's like, oh, I just scored basically the, the game that's going to win us, the touchdown that's going to win us the game. There's no way they're going to give us a 15-yard penalty and, and make the other team win and if by they, that happening. And if they do give you a 15-yard penalty in that situation, how dumb are you? Yeah. I mean, that's almost as dumb as the guys who drop the ball before crossing the end zone. Right. That I don't understand. Drop it when you cross the back line of the end zone. Why don't we try doing that? Like, it almost happened in the national championship game to Oregon. And Oregon did it, um, was it Arizona or somebody? Yeah. Or Boise State, where the guy drops the ball at the one-yard line, and the Mm -hmm. Oregon guy. Like, it's the same thing. You're costing your team for something stupid. And who is Marshawn Lynch mad at? 
Why has he got so much anger? I'm sure he's got personal stuff and what have you that's causing him to bring this anger with him. But these people aren't there to to villainize you. They're there to prop you up and make you more money in your next contract and get you those endorsement deals and anything else that comes with this great job that yeah, you have been gifted to have. Endorsement deals away from himself. You know, he's not only getting himself fined, he's losing. You know, Michael Jordan was surly with the media. Michael Jordan was known for being surly with the media. They still propped him up because he at least gave them the bare minimum. Sure. Bill Belichick hates the media. He doesn't want to do it. He does the job anyway because that's the job. You know who hates the media? Greg Popovich. Yes. And you know what? He'll just not play his players himself. But fine. he'll still show up for the press show conference. Up for the press conference. He'll tell you if he thinks it's a dumb question. It's still better than just like coming up with some pre-script. I mean, you're going to be there anyway. You might as well just say. Go all the way back. Bobby Knight yeah. hated the media. He actively. And now he's part of the media. And now he is the media. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just kind of chaps me the wrong way. And yes, obviously he's got something wrong like personality-wise or something. But it doesn't seem to affect him during the game. Not at all. No, he can still play like a mofo. Yeah. He's crazy good at his yeah. at the game. Do the bare minimum. Yeah. Just show up. Just show up and I, say a couple me, things. It just Thanks, drove dude. me crazy when the woman's just trying to. If she's just trying to do her job, just yeah. like he's trying to do his job, and just asking questions, and him just responding back with, "Well, I appreciate you asking me that question. Thank you very much for asking me that question. D- Thanks for nothing, D." Yeah, like that becomes the story. Now you looking like an idiot is the story after the game. Yeah, exactly. Man, you know another kind of similar story is what I've been hearing lately, and it happened the other day. Uh, the Clippers, okay, you know, kind of as a team, have this attitude of like, you know, uh, they'll be real flippant with the with the with even the reporters on the for the Clippers, you know, yeah, on the the net, people whose job is to the, walk with on them. the station that plays their games, <laughs> yes, will will sit there and be you know act like they're listening to music, and then if you if you just deign to ask a tough question, they're gonna you know. Curse you out, or just say this interview's over. You know, just like come on, flip guys. the chessboard and leave. Yeah, just, just, just be professional. You're getting paid millions of dollars. That's the least you can do. Well, that just shows me that that team's not very mentally strong. By the way, the reason you get interviewed is because the fans that pay your salary, that pay to come to your games, the people who care want about to you, hear at least the bare minimum. What do you think after the game? They don't want you to. They don't want to see their their the person that they're seeing playing be a D to everybody. Sports are exciting, but it's the personality that really sells the sells the tickets. And when I hear even about like Blake Griffin doing stuff like that, and I love Blake Griffin. Yeah, I'm wearing his shirt right now. Right, you are. <laughs> but it makes me, you know, it makes me like, it makes me think less of him. It does, despite his wonderful game fly ads. He and Chris Paul both. I don't know. That just it just when you said before like they. And would... here's the deal. We just mentioned Michael Jordan. Okay, Kobe Bryant. Greg Popovich, all those guys. Kobe likes to use the media f- to his advantage, sure, v- very wisely at times. But the other two guys, you know, and, and Jordan the same way. But even when they lost a game, and LeBron, you know, you never heard. Okay, LeBron for years had to hear this question, like LeBron. Uh, so uh, you you missed another game winning shot. Is this uh, is this prove that is the like people saying that you're not clutch? Hey, LeBron, you passed the ball with two seconds to go to your teammate who then missed the shot. Shouldn't yeah. you have taken the shot? You're the superstar. I mean, Are you, you think, afraid of you this? You think LeBron didn't want to just flip the chessboard over like you Probably. say? Probably. Probably. Does he ever do that? Nope, he answers no. the questions. He answers the questions. So you know who doesn't? Sh- I mean, it's just like this. Those and guys are all champions. They're all champions, <laughs> and the Clippers have won nothing. The Clippers have won literally nothing. So 
you know, it's a lack of confidence because if you're a champion who knows that you at least have past success to, to rest upon, if you're Kobe Bryant, if you're Michael Jordan, if you're uh, Greg Popovich, you could come forward at the end of a bad effort or something and be like, hey, that was a bad effort, but you know I'm still good. The Clippers here won't answer your tough questions because, well, that was a bad effort, but you aren't okay. sure that I'm good. Well, you're saying that they're acting that way because they're champions, and I yes. will say that they are champions because they act that way. Fair enough, and I think there's something absolutely true about that. Yeah. Man, well, that's this little philosophical thing that just mm. happened right here. <laughs> wow. I feel like I just need to find a Sherpa and go up to a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> where's Vic the Brick when you need him? That was like, where's the gong sound afterwards? They do not do that because they are champions. They are champions because they do that. See, now I feel refreshed. I feel clean. Now, now I understand. Now I see bend like the bamboo. <laughs> it makes sense. Cool. I think, I think we've just had a breakthrough, Brent. So let's talk about NFL head coaches. Let's do it. And the carousel. We'll do that after three seconds of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. The NFL head coaching carousel. It just keeps on moving and moving and moving. And all Turning. we've got all but one team right now have a new head coach. So I thought it'd be worth, you know, taking a look at it and seeing about your feelings about some of it. Uh, some of these are not too, you know, surprising. Are you surprised? That Atlanta is the one job that's left open out of all the jobs. No, and I'll tell you why. Because Atlanta very clearly wants, they are very impressed with Quinn, the defensive coordinator with Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the guy they've been targeting the whole time. And they're willing to wait until he's available after the Super Bowl in order to interview uh, him again and hire him. Because it was down to him him and Terrell Austin for the Lions were Mm -hmm. the two. They want to go defense. They want to change it up from, um, uh, was it Mike Smith was there before? Yeah. And so they've they've given both Quinn and Austin have had two interviews each, and both were impressive by all accounts. And the fact that they haven't hired Austin yet means they're waiting to hire Quinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only way that a logical person could see it. Because if they wanted to hire Austin, they would Unless have hired they Austin. They just want to do their due diligence and do a second interview with him. But it's, yeah, it's possible. I would say it'd be a ninety-five percent chance at this point yeah. they're going to hire. And I Quinn. think you're correct when you put it into context and you put the pieces together. It's not surprising. But if you just look at it on the face of it and you say, okay, these. Seven teams or whatever it was are open. Which one will be the? Because you say like it makes it seem like it's the least uh, desirable of the positions. Oh, disagree. Completely. Which is not the case. Uh, Oakland, uh, you got Matt. Yeah, Oakland and Buffalo absolutely. would be two teams I would not absolutely. Want. The fact yeah. that the Buffalo can't even make their coach make their successful coach stick around more than one year. And Doug Marone, remember we talked before, and this is just killing me. This just happened uh, this morning. Doug Marone, who we all assumed like, oh well, the only reason he leave Buffalo is because he has an inside track to get like the Jets job or something. He, uh, he didn't get that job. This is my question, too. Rex Ryan. Rex, yeah. How did Doug Marone get, not get another Doug job? Doug Marone uh, signed today with, to be Jacksonville's uh, like a defensive assistant or something. Yeah. Uh, like, what is that? Who, who goes from head coach, a successful head coach, to coach Jacksonville? He, so either his thing fell through or he didn't have through, as sure a word as he thought he did. Or you know, maybe the word is he's a little hard to work with. I don't know. But by all accounts, in NFL circles, from what I've heard, people love Doug Marone. Everybody. Well, thinks then that, why doesn't he have another job? Well, he has a job. It's just not another. Why well, doesn't he job. have a head coaching job? That's a great question. Maybe he didn't have like Doug Marone. Yes, is an offensive guy. Yes. So wouldn't it make sense if he was so highly thought of, like you were saying, he is that he would be a natural fit to to put him with with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, that yes. An offensive, but however, Atlanta wants to go defensive, though. 
I because understand. that's where they, they feel like they, they're good on offense. They feel like they could stand pat there, but they want to improve that defense because it was horrendous this year. Mm-hmm. Horrendous. But then Doug Marone, he's not even going to be the OC in Jacksonville. He's an assistant coach. Just guy on guy who's there. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Like he didn't that's get a, a weird move. I, that just makes me think there's something else going on because there must be something we don't know about. But didn't didn't Doug Marone have like a payout too from from? Uh, and maybe that's the thing too. Didn't he get a payout from Buffalo? I believe he did. Maybe, but by all accounts, it was he was not getting along. He did not like the direction the GM was taking the team. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the fact that he was basically so. Maybe he's he's willing to wait one year. Wait one year and find a better while he's thing. being paid out anyway. Yeah, uh, but the other thing is like he was given EJ Manuel, who's terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. And then he had to bring Kyle Orton out of retirement and then had success with him. So it's just, I don't think he trusted the brain trust in Buffalo and maybe didn't even get along with them. And that's why he wanted to get out the door. But I, you don't get out the door from a head. Only 32 of these jobs exist. Correct. You don't leave a successful head coaching job, despite what you think about the GM, in order to become a nothing coach on a nothing franchise. I think he thought he had something set up. And, then, it didn't, and then he just, you know, his fallback was, well, I'm getting paid anyway. By Buffalo, there was some kind of payout. I remember them saying, "And then I'll ride that payout this year, and then next year." But even then, you got Todd Bowles with the Jets. You've got Tom Sula in San Francisco. I didn't really think of them as like gr- how great would that have been if Rex Ryan and Doug Marone just switched places? That would have been. I would have loved it. Yeah, it would have added some intrigue. But like Jack Del Rio in Oakland, that's what they need. You've got. Rex Ryan in Buffalo, of course, mm-hmm. which is great because he wants to stick it to the Jets. I heard people say, why is Rex Ryan going to Buffalo? Because he, he wants to stick it to the Jets. Yeah. He is not happy with that franchise, very obviously. And then John Fox, after he left Denver, he's in Chicago. That's she, He's no joke, but he's not going to have Peyton Manning in Chicago. I heard one of the reasons Rex Ryan went to Buffalo because – it's known for their nice warm weather, and people are always just walking around barefooted. Just, oh, jeez, mm. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you are being gross. Hey, I'm not the one who but, has the foot fetish. But here's the thing. Doug Marone, I mean, look, Todd Bowles and Tom Sula, obviously those were, the Bowles thing is weird to me. The Tom Sula was hired from within, so, I mean, that's not too surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to just kind of keep that going, but without Jim Harbaugh, thank you. Thank you, City I mean, maybe Doug Marone's thing was, too, most of these jobs that were opening up we're not necessarily – he's leaving a bad workplace. He doesn't want to go to the Jets. No. He doesn't want to go to uh, uh, Oakland. No. Nobody should want to go to – Jack Del Rio probably just took it just to take it, you know? He knows he's not going to do anything And you're right. There. They're probably looking for somebody defensive, so they didn't really give him the big shot in uh, Atlanta. Where else were we talking about? But, but Denver. The... I'm kind of surprised that Denver went with Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak. I'm not at all surprised that Gary really? Kubiak in Denver. He was John Elway's offensive coordinator when he won the Super Bowl. He was, he played with John Elway. He was John Elway's backup for I like guess, seven that years. That team just fell apart the last couple years, you know, that last year that Kubiak was in Houston. But he, he coached Houston from being literally nothing to, what, a 12-4 and four team who had a chance to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, you got to give him some depth there. And he has John Elway is the one who made that decision. He's John Elway's boy. So it's He's basically going to be a coach there for a while. From his relationship he has with Gary Kubiak, that's why he got I mean, I'm, 100% correct. I'm surprised they didn't give you know Adam Gase. Where's Adam shot. Gase? That's the other thing I was about to say. Where's Adam Gase? He's been the, the hot name for two, three years now as being the new head coach somewhere, and no one's given this dude a chance. Does he just interview poorly? Does he just not Maybe. have it? As a, is he one of these guys who's a I great mean, coordinator, could, not a great head coach? Who knows? I don't know much about Adam Gase's personality, but you know, I know Josh McDaniels. He got hired, and he had a terrible personality. And Lane Kiffin got Lane hired, Kiffin and keeps he had getting a terrible hired. personality. But people are actually seriously considering Josh McDaniel to like, and he's by all accounts terrible personality. 
a great offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. not a great head coach. People are still willing to potentially give him a chance well, over he's Adam Gates. Real young. He was real young when he got hired the first time. Yeah. So, you know. And then he drafted Tebow, and that was the end of his career as a head coach. Uh, well, I don't think he drafted Tebow. No, he's the one that pushed to get Tebow. Hundred uh, percent. Because he thought he could uh, he was like, you know, like the, the the girlfriend is just like, I can fix him. Mm. I can make Tebow. He's, he's like got that Bill Belichick arrogance. That's what people like about him, but that's also his downfall because he's not as smart as Bill Belichick. Yeah. But you have some thoughts because Gary Kubiak, Denver, that's like your favorite NFL team, right? The Denver Broncos. You're a big Denver fan, right? Oh, I just I, I just think that Kubiak is a safe hire. It doesn't it doesn't make me think he's gonna make them better. I'm happy with him being there instead of John Fox. Do you think this means Peyton Manning staying or going? Because this is really gonna determine whether or not Kansas City could take the next step next year. Well, I is would whether like or not Peyton Manning comes back. I would like to see who their offensive coordinator is gonna be. If it's Gase, if Gase remains there. Don't you kinda have to bring back Gase? Like by well, all accounts, they do, he's then a maybe then maybe Peyton comes back. If Maybe. Gase is not there, I think assuredly he's gone. Sure. And I guess part of me thinks the reason why Fox, John Fox is gone is because they don't want Peyton Manning back. So t- talk, think about this. This is a little Denver. This is a little like I'm creating this rumor right now. Are you ready for this? The Denver Broncos with Gary Kubiak make a trade to get Jay Cutler. Chicago doesn't want him anymore. They need somebody to replace Peyton Manning. They need somebody who knows the team, has been there before. Jay Cutler, you bring him back just as a Band-Aid until they can get a, a young guy drafted and, and, and coached up. Jay Cutler back to Denver. What do you think? Ray, if we see Jay Cutler in the AFC West, you will see me doing the biggest, you know, happy dance. Since I saw him come to the NFC North? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I think there's a chance. I'm just going to put it out there. It makes sense on a couple levels. It made me so happy just thinking about that. I just like, (laughs) I'm just smiling ear to ear. You yeah. are. Oh, my gosh. I've seen all your. Please teams. bring Jay Cutler to Denver. Please. Well, I mean, who is, but to be fair, though, you would rather you'd rather they bring up Brock Osweiler than you do Jay Cutler. You'd rather see Brock oh, Osweiler, I dis- right? I disagree. You disagree. I disagree because Brock Osweiler might turn out to be good. I already know what Jay Cutler is. <laughs> you know who that guy is. Yeah. That's a fair point. He's in his 30s. He's on the wrong side of 30. You've yeah. seen his ceiling. Yep. And it's there is a ceiling. Mm-hmm. But, uh. I'm not sold on Brock Osweiler, I'll tell you that. You know you know who I think should have come out? Cardale Jones. Mm-hmm. Cardale Jones should have come out and uh, go to Denver. He needs one more year, man. He could have, he could have played under uh, behind Brock Osweiler for only a year and taken the could, reins. The only thing that can really drop his uh, his stock is if he got injured, and that, even that wouldn't do it because he, then he would be sitting out the whole year. I think his game can get exposed next year. But anyway, so Gary Kubiak to Denver. And Atlanta, I mean, it's got to be Quinn. We're thinking a lot of them, they just make sense. But I don't see any of these guys having success. Yeah, I don't see them. Is like, that weird? Yeah. Like, I mean, Jack maybe John Fox, you know, he's won everywhere he's been. There's pieces I guess. there, but I think he's, he's, he's like, to me, a little Phil Jackson-y. He needs the superstar players to carry his system. I don't think his system guess, carries superstar who is, players. Who was his superstar when he took Carolina to the Super Bowl? John Fox took Jake Delhomme. Jake Delhomme. The, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Jake Delhomme. Yeah. Those Steve Smith, Mushin Muhammad from Michigan State. Uh, both guys. I mean, th- that was a very good team with a very good defense, and we found out later their whole offensive line Man. got popped for PEDs. Yeah. So, cheaters. So what? What did I say? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But you know the the uh, the other thing. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to go back to the cheating thing. But no. my point is, you know, you get cheat, you get caught, and then you lose every time after that. It makes you seem like you're. Hey, has John Fox good. been to a, won a Super Bowl since then? Nope. Nope. Cheater. Cheater. So final question here, and I'll just go back to what I just said. Mm-hmm. Seven head coaching spots opened up and new have new head coaches. Any, are any of these guys going to have success? 
Like seriously, you think Tom Sula in San Francisco's that just smells like a six Tom and ten, six and ten team next year? Just, he's, I don't know. He just doesn't sound like a good coach. No, I know that's terrible to say. It's just like a stupid comment because of his name. But I've never heard of this dude before. So of the seven teams here, which one do you think has the most success next year? I mean, early would be Chicago, Denver, Atlanta, San Francisco. It's not going to be the Jets or the Buffalo or Oakland. I wouldn't think. Which one of those teams posts the best record next year? Of all these um, new hires, I don't see I, I, do any of these teams win more than eight games. I guess Denver probably does, but Chicago seems like an eight and eight team. Atlanta's probably an eight and eight team, all things considered. Atlanta, if you can figure out their defense, could be ten and six, possibly. Possibly, Denver, Denver could be Denver, ten and six. Denver has still has great great wide receivers, a nice young running back, and a good defense. I don't know. I just I guess. All these teams, I don't see them getting turned around right away, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't think any of these hires, three years from now, how many of these Denver's guys are still going to be head coach? won 37 games in the regular season the last three games, though. That's who he's inheriting. Yeah, but that's with Peyton Manning. I understand. If he does not come back, do you think, again, Brock Osweiler takes him to the promised land? Probably not. Well, I don't know. So. But it could be still 10-6. and six. You know who's happy about that? The AFC Kansas West. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, absolutely, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, no, that's my thought on it. I guess we'll, we'll we'll check back next year and we'll see how they all did. Okay. I would say that uh, I would say Atlanta. I'll go with Quinn in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A sight unseen. I think they post the best record. What do you think, Denver? Denver. Sight unseen. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what I would we'll, say. Sight unseen. We'll review that when the year starts. And we have an idea what the rosters look like too, because so much can change. Right. If Indomitian Sue signs with Denver, <laughs> then oh, I might Ooh. go ahead and go ahead and take Denver there. You know. Yeah. But cool. We'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of. Katy Perry. Get it? Katy Perry. I'm walking And so final thought here. Max Scherzer, pitcher mm-hmm. for the Tigers. I like Max Scherzer a lot. Like when he got him, he's kind of a middle of the road, nothing, young, young up and coming, not really done anything pitcher. Live arm, lots of strikeouts. Yeah. Now, I mean, he's freaking great. Two different colored eyes, and he won a Cy Young in there and mm-hmm. took helped the Tigers go to the World Series. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff now. He has, he has one a- eye that's blue and one eye that's made out of lasers. <laughs> That's his cybernetic implant. That's right. He's like Reese from the Tales from the Borderlands. That's right. That's how he uses it to like uh, figure out the strike zone and, mm-hmm. and what's hot and cold zones. For the um, game, he comes up to. <laughs> he doesn't have. He doesn't have a uh, uniform for the game. He just goes up to random guys. I need your boots. <laughs> oh no, they're not boots. They're they're cleats. I need your cleats. He your is, uniform. Your baseball cap. He is such a cyborg. John Claude Van. John Claude Van Damme was the fighter. The what? Pinta. The Pinta. The Pinta of William Batting in the National League. Where's the Pinta? Yeah. He will paint my paintings. <laughs> what? He's, he's, he has that robot eye. He does that. He does terminates that. them. Ooh, I like that. Like I say, he's such a cyborg. John Claude Van Damme wants to fight him. That's right. <laughs> in a movie. I would just say that. Um, but he signed with the Washington Nationals to Woo! be their number one. Because Steven Strasburg, man, he's really good. But uh, when is his arm going to fall off, right? Maybe. He signed seven-year deal. What was it? Don't they also have Gio Gonzalez? Yes. And uh, oh, they got a couple. I can't. Uh, who's the other pitcher? He signed seven-year deal, $210 million. $30 million a year, and it's a baseball contract. Oh, they have so it's Zimmerman also. Jordan Zimmerman can play. Like, this is a team to be looked at now. They are paying the money for it, but oh, my goodness. I could not imagine giving $30 million over seven years. To freaking Max Scherzer. No matter how Scherzer's good he is, already, no pitcher's worth he's that. He's already 30 years old. Yes, especially to give it to a third. That's like an Albert Pujols deal. Nobody that age is worth that kind of money. Obviously, they're going for it now. They're- I guess, but if you really break it down, okay, $30 million a year, 
correct? It seems like a lot. So it is but a if lot. You consider if you break the season into into chunks of five. Let's say if he's if he pitches every game that he's supposed to, probably have thirty two starts. 32, 33 starts. It's a million dollars okay. a start. No, no. It's only 937,000 oh. per b- start. My B. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's a crazy amount of crazy money. Crazy amount of money. Now, I mean, I understood giving it to Clayton Kershaw. If, I still don't think it was worth it, but at least he's young. If they win the World Series this year, is it worth it? Yes. Yes. But if they don't, nope. not worth it. Again, Albert Pujols money to go to uh, Anaheim, to go play for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Are they regretting that money right now? Yeah, but at least he's broken down. But at least Albert Pujols theoretically could play every day. Yes, you know. Yes, but it's still not worth that kind of money. Yeah, crazy. I think that's good. Here's the deal. Good job, Tigers. You guys get David Price for one more year, and then you can pay him not that much money and have a better player probably when it's all said and done. So, uh, good good job, us. I mean, Albert Pujols. Okay, if he plays every game, then it's like one hundred eighty-five thousand a game. Still a lot of money per game, but you're talking about baseball. He's a superstar. Now, if he's injured, obviously he's not going to play all those games. But imagine Max Scherzer breaks down for a month. Then you're well over a million per start. And he's over 30, so that's likely to happen at this point. Yeah. Just. Ah, just and when has he proven? Has he led a team to the, to the World Series? Yes. Okay, but was he the leading pitcher on the World Series? Yeah. It was Verlander. No, it was pretty much him when he did it because that was his MV. Uh, did, his, uh, okay, so, so I guess he, he did must, it one so one I, time. I guess he must have uh, won his big start that he had in the World Series. He did not. Yeah. Nope. Broke down when it came time to it. I don't there know. There it is. So there it is, folks. Smart move, Tigers. Maybe a good Ooh. move by the Nationals. It could just be good on all sense. It just makes sense. I don't know. I mean, uh, it, unless they win a World Series in the next two years, they're going to be regretting. I'll that. just say right now, as a Tigers fan, I'm not mad at Max for taking the money. No. <laughs> mad at Max. Mad at Max. Well, he he got more money and he went to what I think is a better team right now than the Tigers. I, I think they're on par with each other. I think that they're they're both very good. Is well, what I'm saying. The Nats are younger. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, not younger and have more potential for more years. Well, they're not younger now that they've signed a 30 year old pitcher to a seven year deal. That that's their old. That's their old guy though. Thirty. Yeah, that's true. They're you know? up and coming for sure. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep. In any case, so that's going to wrap up the show, Brent. Hey, you know what else I saw? What's that? Nori Aoki. The what right you, fielder for the Royals last year. Now, the Ichiro Jr. Ichiro oh, Light. What happened to him? Signed with the San Francisco Giants. Okay. That's weird. Did he sign for a lot of money? I don't think. No, assuredly not. Why don't you not. bring that guy back? I don't know. I don't know. You know why he'd run to go to the winner? After playing the World Series, he'd realize, well, I need to go play for this You know team. what? Honestly, San Fran, I mean, California is 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 going to be a lot better for him for endorsements and things because of the Asian community, it's especially true. in San Francisco. Uh but I don't know why the Royals didn't bring him. No, he got that one Korean dude in Kansas City. Who? <laughs> Sung Woo Lee. Yeah, not anymore, probably. Now he's going to be a Giants fan. Oh! Thanks, Aoki. That's not AOK in my book. Japanese, not Korean. Don't, but, uh, yeah. don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Listen, the concept works if you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> now it's time to wrap up the show, Brent. It's very, very exciting. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate you guys going on iTunes. Uh, go on there, give us a five-star review. Of course, I want you to do that. Check us out on Stitcher Radio. Add us to your playlist. We're really trying to blow up that Stitcher app. That's what we're trying to do. Let's do it, then. Don't talk about it. Don't be about it. Be it. Don't talk the dream. Live the dream. That's right. Gong. <laughs> 
So thanks, you guys, for listening. I appreciate it. There's some contact information we got to do here. You can, of course, tweet at the show. You can tweet at the show. It's at Ray Brandt Podcast. Or you can tweet at me. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. You could also check us out on Facebook. That's our main website for right now. It's Facebook.com slash Ray Brandt Podcast. You can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can check us out, as we said before, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Those are the ways to do it. I assume that's how you're listening to the show right now. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the jam. We got a people we want to thank, Brian. We got to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The Trainwrecks. Got to thank the Trainwrecks for you got to drag me out of here. It's a great song. You should it listen changed. to it. Yeah. You should find them online and, and legally buy their music yep. and stuff. We got to thank Jordan Monsell. Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook. Made our logo. Love that guy. Got to thank David Knoll for producing the show. Mm-hmm. And, Dino! Uh, Dino! <laughs> as, we only, as only we call him. Dino. Dino. Uh, anybody you want to thank, Brent? Yeah, I would like to thank uh, the LAPD. Why? Why would you thank for, the LAPD for reminding me yesterday why you know the struggle of Dr. Martin Luther King is still ongoing? What, what did they do? Oh, I was on my way home from the gym yesterday, and my friend, uh, I guess, I guess we got pulled over for being brown because my friend had a new Mustang. Really? Yeah, new Mustang uh, doesn't have the registration yet. And uh, cops are at least three blocks behind us. And as we're turning into his driveway of his apartment complex, they just come rolling up real fast and like, woo, 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 don't even check to see what. And then and then come up and say, oh, uh, yeah, it looked like your uh, your your plate on the back, you know, the one from the dealer. It looked like kind of old, so we just wanted. Oh, you do have the sticker there. Oh, uh, well, you know, we need to see your your uh, your license what? and uh, insurance too. And then as soon as he starts pulling them out, they're like, "Oh no, no, that's okay. Uh, we we figured." Uh, like so, they were so just trying it, to catch. And then we get out of the car and look in the back, and his wife had like washed the car less than the day before, so the license plate looked squeaky brand new. The oh, guy boy. completely made up the story. DWP. Thank you, LAPD, for reminding us why we have. And MLK Day and why it's still so important. And that stuff annoys me, Ray. It annoys, it annoys me, me and it's as dumb. well. Uh, here's the deal. It annoys me just as much as it does you, but it doesn't affect me as much as it right. does you. Because uh, I've never once been pulled over for driving while uh, being a cracker. Well, I, I, rem- I, you know, I mean, I don't know what the other reason would be. Harassment. Because usually when you, when you do that, if you're going to pull someone over, for not having their their new plate, you kind of get up behind them and look and make sure you they don't just have. Just try the, to see what's up. They just hurried up real quick and didn't even check to see if we had the sticker. Oh, I'm assuming that they don't have the sticker. Let's pull up. Oh, uh, okay, they have it. Now let's say that their plate was a little, you know, and they were one step away from me. Like, Psh, oh, your uh, your your back light was out here. Pulling a the rock, yeah. walking tall. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you know what I said to that? Bad job, LAPD. Bad job. Bad job. Lots and of good cops, but in, in, in I these have, two cops cases. Bad job. I have personal friends who are LAPD and, and then you know I, I, and they're good, and look, good folks. And maybe this is part of the protocol, but it's a little unnerving when his partner's standing there right next to me with his hand on his gun the whole time. You know what I mean? Waiting Come for on, a reason, dude. Come on, waiting for a reason. So I would say, bad job, LAPD. I'm a star. Don't they? Don't you know who you're dealing with? <laughs> bad, bad job, cops. Bad job. Bad job. Good night, everybody. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains You're gonna have to drag